Hello, welcome to a Veterans Drinking Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues for vets acclimating back into civilian life. Today, we have Sergeant Sam Amos from the United States Marine Corps. Hoorah! Sam served from 2004, 2012, and in those eight years, Sam deployed eight different times to Iraq, including Baghdad and Fallujah. Sam was originally from Indiana, and for some reason, he moved back to Indiana and now uh, works at a cement plant out there. Sergeant Amos, welcome aboard, brother. Welcome to Article 15. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, let's let's get this started, and Lord only knows what's going to happen, but just hang in there. <laughs> hey, man, it's Motivated Monday, so let's make it happen. So let's let's start off because you know you're United States Marine Corps. That's that's God's chosen children, as I'd like to believe. And what what made you decide, like, hey, you know what? Uh, this seems like a really great idea, and join the Marine hey. Corps. Hell, it was probably the same thing that my parents thought on a Friday night. It seems like a good idea. And a few months later, I came around, you know, my my family, grandparents, stuff like that uh, had joined uncles and uh, like, you know, hey, I'm going to push on. I'm going to do this. It's badass. So. So here we are. What do you feel you've benefited from from being in the military? Oof. Man. All kinds of stuff. Hell, I was I was raised already like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But then at the same time, people talk about like stress and uh, being able to overcome stuff like that shit just clicks. You know, you got to you got to come up with a game plan. You got to do something top of the head done. It's, it's over. Like start pushing. The prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Exactly. You know, you throw some BAMSIS or whatever else in there and like you're off, man. People are sitting around like scratching their ass like, oh, how are we going to shit? I'm done before they even get started. I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. Got to keep that. Uh, got to keep going. Uh, what is it? As Gunny was saying, you got to go 200 miles an hour, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Joined back in 04. And yeah. so from 04 to 12, there, dude, there was five deployments. That's a lot. Like I got five deployments myself and I got to leave with the the Marines at one point. I don't recommend it. I, if you're going to deploy, I, de- I, I recommend deploying with the Air Force, if anybody. OK, that, that's who you go with. Five deployments. If you want to you know, kind of give it a brief one over on your experiences, we'd appreciate it. All right, man. Well, uh, so I get out of boot camp, recruit training, whatever, uh, go to school, SOI down there at uh, I think it was Geiger. Take off, go to Baghdad, uh, 05 into 06. Thankfully, it wasn't anything crazy because at the time, like the AT, AT battalion had just started up and hell, my squad leader was a dude I went to SOI with. So it was it was a good break in deployment. There was a little bit here and there. Then we went to uh, Ashroff after that with AT battalion and uh, stomped around there, drove around. Conditions were a little different. Still, still, still good. Nothing hardcore. 
come back. I'm like, I'm going to get out, but I want to do one more deployment because I ain't got shit because I spent all my money on like booze, strippers, the typical <laughs> stuff. You know, I never bought a Mustang with like 28% interest or anything, but typical, <laughs> uh, I, I'm young and wild. So a group of guys uh, find some dudes at the PX. Like, oh, they're going to Fallujah. I'm like, cool. Who the hell is it? They're like, CEB, it's engineers. I'm like, all right, cool. 11 of us go into a Sergeant Major's office over there. Get our asses ripped. They're like, what are you doing? You can't just walk in here. They take us downstairs and this uh, first arm, first arm Bradley, he's an intense gentleman. Uh, he's like, yeah, I, you boys have been back for a year. We're like, no, we've been back for like two months. He's like, what? Like, yeah, we want to roll back out. So we go. $61,500 reenlistment bonus kind of sucker me back in to stay around there. Yes, sir. You know, at some point in time, you got to be like, hey, I'm going to have to be a daddy, husband, homeowner one day. I got to get my shit together because right now I don't have it together. <laughs> Young, wild partying. So I get back. As soon as we get back, they're like, oh, two nines here now. Like our, our unit changed to two nine. They're like, you're going to remind me. Like, okay, cool. Not a big deal. Just bump right back out again. Came back, had the whole like uh, Christmas and all this other stuff or whatever. Like, cool. And they're like, you're going to Marja for this uh, thing called Operation Mashtarak. And I'm like, ah, okay. It's the one we've been waiting for. Get in there, stomp around a little bit. And uh, that's intense. Three quarters of the way through the deployment, they're like, we're going to uproot you and go to Sangin to help 3-5. They're combat and effective. I'm like, holy shit. So, I don't know. Seen a little that here and there. Not, not too crazy. That seems pretty intense, man. So, what I'd like to touch on is the the two months, you know, that where they're like, wait, you want to go right back? And I, I, I felt that feeling, man. You know, you come yeah. back from the deployment and you're home and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm home. This is great. I'm seeing all my old friends. I'm seeing family. And maybe like you were saying, probably around that two month period, you're starting to get that itch, that, that, yeah. that notion yeah. in your head. Like, I don't belong here, man. I don't, I, I need to go back. I, that shit makes sense to me. Yeah. And that, man, that's across the board from people I've talked to. Do What is it? You know, science figure that out. What the fuck do people want to go back to deploy again for? It's so just, you remember you remember Hurt Locker, the movie? Yeah. And of course, everybody knows that is spot on the re no, I'm just kidding. That's bullshit ass movie. <laughs> anyways, but the probably the most real part of that entire movie that I have found is at the end, where he's in the cereal aisle and he's given all these choices. The wife said, just grab a box of cereal. And it's like all these choices. He looks down the aisle left. It's nothing but cereal boxes. He looks down the aisle, right? It's nothing but cereal boxes. And then all of a sudden it shows him walking back in, in Iraq again. It says day one. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. there was no gray. This is There's an SOP you follow. There are rules that you follow. This is how you do things. There is no up to negotiation like, well, if I could do it this way or there's no gray area. It's black and white. You know, You follow the SOP, the ROE. This is how you do things. These are the people that are in charge. This is the motherfucker that's running this platoon. This is how this shit goes. Everybody follows the rules. Everybody comes back alive. That is what I have found is there's a controlled chaos 
that is involved yeah. with being in the Middle East. And you know your role and that's where you stay. When you come home, it's, well, who's in charge here? Well, so-and-so sometimes, but if so-and-so is around and if this is going on, well, you have to decide whether this is right or not. Like, no, 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 don't give me decisions. I Yeah, no shit. Uh-uh. If I get shot at, I shoot them back. That's how this works. Yeah. It, it's so, simple. Like you're, you're deployed. You got this simple life. It's like, Hey, survival. Uh, you know, you, you've got a mission. Like, what is it? Is to patrol, get rid of Taliban or ISIS or whatever, or you need to make sure that all this stuff is ready to go. Uh, vehicles aren't fixed anywhere across the board. No matter what your MOS is, you have a job. There's a you mission. You have a specific mission and purpose in life. Yeah. You, you, and that's you come back home. That purpose, man. That that purpose yeah. is what we lose when we come back. We 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 like I said, that that kind of gray area that we just kind of get left off into open space. And there's so much going on in this world right now between, you know, fuck the police. Fuck the politics. Fuck all this shit. I hate these people. Cancel this culture. Do this. Do that. Yeah. And there's it seems like so much animosity. And we're just like, can I just can I just go to work and come home and be left the fuck no alone? No fucking shit. Like that that it kills me. People are like, how are you just doing this? The world's burning down around you. Like, I, it really? I, I, I've really got time for that. It's really not burning. No. Unless there's like another forest fire going on. There's really no yeah. world burning around us. It's too many of these people getting hyped up off of this media bullshit that if you really want to see a world burning, man, you can hop on a plane with us. Go ahead and get yourself on one of those C-130s. We'll yeah. strap uh, you in and we'll just go ahead and drop you in the middle of fucking shit. And you can see what world burning really fucking looks like. No this, shit. I'm, I'm sitting in a house where the bedrooms are upstairs and I still have a basement and I'm people yeah. are like, oh, the world is shit. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? The world is great. Don't tell it's, me the world is shit. OK, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I have uh, fireball, beer, monsters, Mountain Dew, chew, cigarettes, vapor pen. And I'm on the interweb machine with you right now. Really? <laughs> life, life, life's that crazy. Life is beautiful. You just got to get it there, man. Uh, so what if, what what did you would you say would be your greatest like uh, achievement with the Marine Corps? Oh my gosh, man! I just the getting people, I guess, to where they need to be. I didn't really think about it while I was in. But now I get random phone calls and stuff like that from people. It's like, hey, I appreciate this. I appreciate that. You know, you you set me up for all the success. And I'm like, I don't I feel weird about hearing that. Like, what the hell did I do? I just got you ready for combat and we got back. But. I don't really see anything that I did that was special, man. You know, it's like, good leadership, though. Well, you, you see, you're like, oh, you you really did all this. You did that. You did all these deployments. I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, Kyle Carpenter or not. He was there. He jumped on a grenade. One of the other guys, uh, Cole, hell, he got shot, like, three times and got behind a 240 and, and, like, held off all kinds of people while they got people wounded out. One of the guys, Twig, he passed, and 
he also hopped up on a roof with a 240 and just started giving it hell. So, you know, you got all these guys that do all these great and like just crazy things of self, self, lack of self, selfishness or whatever you want to call it. And then it's like, oh, well, what do you do or how do you feel? It's like, uh, I don't feel like I really did a whole lot. Yeah. I, I don't. That's kind of that, that guilt that you, you know, given the opportunity, it could have been different. But you're here today. That's the biggest part. And you do yes. have guys that are coming to you and saying, man, you got me ready. And that's huge. The amount of lives that you possibly saved without knowing it, not inadvertently saving lives by getting these guys prepared, combat ready, and putting them out there. I hate, I hate it. Uh, I got a, a junior kid. He's with my, uh, he's with my group now. And he told me that he's going to be leaving for the, for a deployment. And I, I think he's, I'm not exactly sure how old he is, whether he's 20, 19, 20 years old, and he's leaving for his first deployment. Now, like I said, I got five. I've been to yep. uh, Iraq twice. I got two on uh, to the Northern Arabian Gulf doing small boat ops and one to Oman with the Marine Corps. And I, I know, like, I, I'll take his place in a heartbeat. I, I will yeah. take his place. I will go, I'll throw on the uniform and I'll leave. He's looking to me. He's like, what should I expect? I'm like, dude, first things first. When you show up there, ask what's the mission. And just like we were talking, I was like, find out what your mission is. When you find out what your mission is, it makes everything so much easier. And then do your job, whatever they ask. Because he's going probably, I'm assuming, for support. He's going to Djibouti, Africa. Do you know what the capital of Djibouti is? Djibouti. It's Djibouti. Yeah. Djibouti. <laughs> so um, that's where he's heading. And I'm like, just find out the mission, dude. You're going to be away from family. It can be stressful. You're going to be doing support. More than likely, you're going to be on a base. If you're with anybody who's anybody, they're going to probably have a McDonald's there for you or a, a pizza king or you'll find, you know, a, a coffee bean or green, green beans. You'll find yeah. yourself a green bean. You know, man, don't stress yeah. it. If you have Wi-Fi there, man, could you imagine if we had Wi-Fi back in the day, too? Oh, they they got these things. You can put, oh, yeah, with your phone, like you can walk around, you get like hotspot or what you can have a cell phone. Yeah. Um, like, I told him, I was like, if you have Wi-Fi there, my phone is always on for you, man. Contact me. You can Facebook me. All this social media was not out when we were first coming in. No, that's, that's had, not a bad thing, though. No, that probably saved a shitload of NJPs and careers. Yeah. Or cost <laughs> a few. Uh, yeah, possibly. But I, I, it breaks my heart to see him leave. He's like, you know, I, I'm scared. My girlfriend's scared. My, my mom and dad are scared. I was like, you're going to be okay. Just yeah. find the senior guy there, find out what your mission is, talk to the guy who's been there the longest, not the guy who's the highest ranked, the guy who's been there the longest. Find the E4 that has been there the longest, and he will make sure that you're okay. He or she, they will know where to be, when to be there. That is your E4 mafia president. Find them. They will <laughs> take care of you. But yeah, that, that, and that, I love that you touched on that, that getting, getting people coming to talk to you saying, thank you for setting me up for success. That's huge with our leadership and we need that more often. So what have you found to be your greatest challenge getting out of the military? What, what is your like tick, your pet peeves and stuff like that, that get you? Holy shit. Uh, Bit of a loaded question. Yeah. Trying to get people to like, there, there's not that many people who can relate and you don't want to be, 
you don't want to be an asshole. But let's use an example here. Say me and you right now on this podcast, we just figured out how to cure cancer. Just somehow, Pythagorean theorem, what the fuck ever. We just got it. Okay. We all of a sudden are like, three minutes from now, we get a thing that says, hey, we want you to come give this big presentation. Cool. Me and your geniuses, we figured this shit out. We show up and we're talking to a bunch of middle schoolers. Like, um, yeah. uh, uh, okay. They ain't got a fucking clue what's going on. They, they, at the end state, they're like, oh, you did a good thing and we'd love to hear about that. You know, E equals MC squared and all this other stuff that we did to just to figure this out. They ain't got a fucking clue. And it's not that you don't want to, but it's the relating. Like they want to relate. They, they think they can relate. And you open a little bit of stuff up and people are like, whoa, uh, uh, I don't dare walk around this bitch and be like, you know, just completely open. Yeah. That question, the questions start after one slight of, oh, well, when we were in this firefight, wait, 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 wait. You were in a what? Yeah. Yeah. You, so how many people did you kill? I don't know why exactly. that's the first that was always the first question. So, you know, I, I couldn't be in the Marine Corps. I can't stand somebody yelling in my face. I'll knock out my drill sergeant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Or I, I, I was heading in, but I had this, uh, you know, this thing with my shoulder and uh, I almost. OK, <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. You know, like, hey, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm here. There's like five people here. I'm trying to have a conversation. You don't got to tell me like this stuff. Cool. I got it. I'm not trying to walk around and swing a big dick or anything. I'm not even talking about the shit. Somebody else brought it up. And it, it it's it's hard. You know, um, there's there's another guy on TikTok uh, called uh, Fiegel. I don't know if you're familiar with Adam Fiegel. He does the Fiegel has landed and. It, he's a he's an Air Force vet. He he did a he did a video like not too long ago. It, it must have been yesterday or the today or something like that. But he said a lot of vets get in touch with them and open up. Don't know him, you know, from Adam or anything like that. Just yeah. like you and I are talking like we never met. We met on TikTok like grown men do. Yeah. Um, but, how crazy is that? Sorry. I don't mean to cut. How freaking nuts is that? We're like in our 30s and we meet on some like thing where it's like uh, on TikTok. Are you serious? <laughs> you know what, man? I've met more veterans through TikTok than any other social media app. It, it's pretty wild. But just because, you know, I see the camouflage or I see especially yours with the uh, the, the angry Marine. The, I don't, we're talking war stories. <laughs> if you don't war want, stories. Scroll <laughs> on. Well, but he, he gets in there. He said these these veterans will open up to him without mm -hmm. hesitation because we know that we don't have to go into an explanation. We don't have to go into uh, extra detail or anything like that. We could say, you know, whatever it is. And the other person would just sit there and nod like, Oh, okay. Yeah, man. I, I kind of, yeah. I get what you're saying. But yeah. he said, how, how, and he'll ask all of them, like, how much of this have you talked to with your spouse? How much of this have you talked to with, you know, your significant other or anything like that? And that's, I'm like 100% like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, my, I yep. barely scratched the surface of talking about my military service with my wife, yep. but I'll sit here and talk to you about, you know, we were out on, uh, where we were, it, this one is an easy one. This is, uh, kind of messed me up a little bit. We were, um, in Balad, Iraq, 
and uh, Camp Cupcake. And I was inside one of the housing areas. It was like a gated community. It was like where all the junior Air Force people were. So they kept you Marines and the Army at bay. So you had to have the code <laughs> to get in there. Um, yeah, but we were on a smoke pit, man. And we got mortared right there. We had all the, the CRAMs were, were all there. Yeah. And we heard the thing. It was like later on in our deployment. So, you know, you hear the but boom. You don't care. You didn't oh, care. Did and if it's my, no, time, you, it's my you time. didn't. You didn't give a fuck whenever you heard those sirens. I've only heard it like once or twice at Anaconda or something. Because I was barely there. We yeah. Heard, warning, incoming. You're probably ripping cigs. When when oh, we first got there, we were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> we're, yeah, we're doing the fucking yeah. roll underneath, the, underneath our racks and shit. But when we were out of the smoke pit, we're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, yeah. We get. I get it. I get it. Let me just finish this cigarette. I'll, I'll go get into it. And then you hear the, and we're oh fuck, <laughs> we got knocked yeah. over. So we had to go. We we got in underneath the fucking uh, the bunker there, and. Uh, you know, you're in. Not only are you inside a base, we're inside of a housing compound, which is also fenced off. Has their own C Rams inside of there, so we're in a base inside of a fucking base, and we still got mortared. So it was just like one of those things for the longest time. Even though I'm inside my house, I still didn't feel comfortable for the longest time because mm -hmm. I didn't trust it. So I mean, that that's some of the shit. And then you tell people like, wait, 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 wait. you got you, you've been bombed. Why, why didn't you shoot him back? Why didn't you shoot? Did you did you kill them? Yeah. Oh, hey. Let me, let me go ahead and break this down Barney style. And it's not that we're mad or anything. It's we get tired of having to break it down Barney style every yeah. single fucking time. So if I yeah. tell you we got mortared on a fucking huge ass base like Balad and it's connected with Anaconda, if we got mortared like that, Chances are it's not like you would see in a movie where we are in uniform and we're setting up doing coordinates and calling shit out. It doesn't happen like that. These guys run up real quick, fucking shoot, boom, gone, and they take off running right away. It would like yeah. before anybody knows what happened. And that's the end of it. If they hit the base, they hit the base. They don't hit the base. Ah, fuck it. They just got paid by the yeah. tally. Board. Nobody yeah. cares. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that is a hard time, man, when, when you're trying to relate. And you're in Indiana. Don't know the exact town. We don't have to put it all out there. We don't want people looking for you to get your autograph and shit. <laughs> um, yeah, right. That's, you know, I found going to the VFWs kind of helped out with that one a little bit. Or the American Legion bullshit with those guys. Yeah, man, shit. That kind of gave me chills just doing this. Yeah. Talk so, about. all right, man, like, you know. I run into some people and they're like, oh, what have you done? Where have you been? And they put on this like big dick thing. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I, I don't give a that. shit, you know? So you have, you have this stuff. Like the whole time that you're there, you know, you have little things, you have things happen. Mm -hmm. So you're in this mindset of, okay, you know, I don't give a shit, but I could die. And then all of a sudden you come home and it's like, oh, well, you're you're not in the military anymore well that's real fucking astute you know like i am glad you were able to 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 bring that up for me you know what let me stick a finger in my ass or something and just hit that little light switch there detective gumshoe and just turn it all off is that what so it right is away, yeah yeah so that way you stop dodging potholes 
you stop uh, looking at tree lines. You don't look at trash on the side of the road. You're not doing 90 on the interstate. You're not freaking out behind the wheel of a vehicle. Yeah, just let me just, yeah, yeah, the hell just shut it off. Yeah, don't go crazy in traffic either. No, no. Well, a, a lot of guys drive like real fast, uh, like, you know, or they get they get panicked. I don't go to Louisville a whole lot because there's a lot of traffic and I get all my, my H and Orange gets all jacked up. But like, hell, I'm doing like 55 stay alive. People are flying past me, probably sketching me out even worse. But I'm watching the road like speed limit 65. I'm sitting here like looking. I'm like, all right, I got a dead animal coming up on the right. I got a pothole. coming. My girlfriend's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, uh, my bad. There was a day um, I was driving my my daughter to school. And this is when I still lived in the Chicago uh, city of Chicago on the south side. I was heading southbound on a pretty major road called Kedzie, just past 127th Street. I know this doesn't make sense to you very much, but it's um, there's there's a very uh, industrial area. You know, it, it's it's a lot of um, factories in this area. Yeah. And out of nowhere, and I've driven this road numerous times out of nowhere there was an evergreen tree out of nowhere this there was a christmas tree a fucking christmas tree and it, it had to have been like march or april around this time just laying down on the ground i'm like head on a swivel like what in the fuck yeah. that wasn't there yesterday i'm nope. all over fucking place looking around my heart started fucking pumping up and everything like that the only thing that really got me going, um, I could hear the music, uh, let it go from frozen and my daughter singing in the background. That's yeah. what fucking like I'm, I'm in Chicago. It's still not okay. It's Chirac, but you know, it, there's no, there's, there's no roadside bombs yet. Um, yeah. so I was like, okay, no wires. There's nobody around. There's no triggerman. Nobody's on their cell phone. You're okay. So I wind up getting her home, came uh, or to to school, and I dropped off my boys at the babysitter. Came home, got my workout on, showered, got ready for work, and I'm a police officer, um, yeah. outside of the the reserves now. And I'm driving to work on the highway, and I can feel my heart pumping through my chest, and I'm like, "Well, that's not normal." Get all no. the way to work. I had the early shift, so I threw on my you know I have on my gear and everything like that. I could still feel my heart pumping. And I'm like, let me go run by the FD real quick. They could take my blood pressure. Normally, I'm about a 115 over 70. You know, I'd try to keep it somewhat healthy. My shit was like 165 over, I, I don't even remember. It was like 90 something. And I'm like, well, that's not good. They're like, well, it's not bad. I was like, well, I'm normally, you know, these numbers are like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. not good. After shift, and like I said, I got called in early. They're like, after shift, you should just go home and relax. I'm like, I work till 11 o'clock at night and they're like, yeah. Oh, I'm like, yeah. So when I got, I did this small little school detail cause the kids kept fighting. So once I got back to the PD, my Sergeant was there. I was like, dude, something's not right. He's like, what's wrong. And I remembered I'd, I'd been in a car accident a few days prior to that in, in, um, in my police squad. So I was like between the police squad accident and this shit triggered me off. I was like, Something wasn't right. So they wound up taking me back to the hot. I got to go to the hospital and my wife came in and it, it that shit, little stuff like that, like going down the highway, just fucking triggers it off. And it, it, my wife thinks I drive like a crazy man. So that's me. 
what do you that's the million dollar question all right like oh well what, what's your triggers find that out got it trying to why can't you revert back you know if somebody could figure that shit out that would be like yeah billions great. of dollars no shit but they want to tell you here take these pills for your anxiety take these pills for the sleep apnea take these pills for the depression take these pills for the you know, the chronic back pain. We don't think that's service related, by the way. Uh, yeah. You know, all well, these all these fucking issues we're coming back with. Um, what then that'll lead me into my next question. What have you been using besides Fireball and uh, Michelob Ultra Light Lime? Oh, Lord. No. What have well, you hey, that, that was the girlfriends. OK, before before the whole sure. interweb and the internet. Yeah. Uh, shit. So like. There's great organizations out here. I know you've, I would, I would please like for you to touch on what you've been doing after my little rant here. Uh, I came back, I was still in, I got shipped over to Stone Bay to the rifle range because I didn't have time to make another deployment. Probably wasn't a bad fucking thing. The guy that was a civilian in charge of me. He's like, look, you're a great dude. You got some fucking issues. So I go, at the time, I talked to the quote-unquote wizard. Gives me some transitol, trimadol. She's like, this is going to help you sleep. I went and buy the book. Man, I freaked the fuck out. I was halfway across my room swinging, and I had all kinds of shit going on in the middle of the night that I never even been through. I was more terrified to go to sleep than I'd ever been. So I tried that for a little while, and I'm like, I need to back up, rethink this. Maybe I just need to stop drinking. Turn around. Next thing you know, I'm out. Uh, I got wife, kids, white picket fence, all this. I keep myself busy as shit. I ain't got time for any of it. I'll just wake up a few times, keep yourself super busy, hyper-focused. You don't have time to think about it. Life pace slows down, and I heard you talk about this on here. Life pace slows down or something happens, then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, the floodgates open. You're sitting there with your fucking dick in the wind like, when did we get ice cream? You know, like I, I'm clueless. Yeah. So around, around the uh, time, you know, I'd, I'd been divorced or whatever around, around that time, it was rough. Like, you know, I had people coming out of the woodwork. I got a uh, battalion commander. He offered to come, come help stay with me. He's like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll come over there. I got buddies from Texas, Ohio. They're all like, Hey, we're on our way. Like, we're on our way there for you right now. Uh, did some, like, PTSD therapy. Ladies were good with the VA. They were nice. I'm not going to say anything bad. Like, they didn't try. But it just was not getting it for me. Went up to the VA hospital close to me. Said, yeah, I got some stuff going on. They're like, okay, we got an inpatient thing for you. I'm like, cool. I put on a freaking jumpsuit. I go up. I have a police escort. They push me through the psych ward. No shit. They, I'm going through a double set of locked doors, and I drove myself there. I hear somebody say, hey, here comes another nut to the floor. I'm like, whoa, what? I go, like, the second set of doors open, I smell shit. There's people talking to plants. You talk about getting, like, sketched out. I'm like, holy hell. I wanted to talk to somebody. I'm trying to make the proper steps. Yeah. And this is what I'm getting right now. You, I, man, I've been through a lot of shit in my life, but I was freaked out. 
you you got it was a homeless overflow for like people who were nuts. Not saying that I'm not, and to a certain extent, but I was not there. I needed something, and I went there. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Friggin' terrible. I got I got I got locked in there, and they wouldn't like get my bag, get my cell phone out to uh, be like, oh okay, call my stepdad. For some reason, they're like, oh he brought you here. No, I drove myself. My keys are right there. So they forced me in there because I wouldn't take any medication. I wouldn't sign paperwork. So for about 36 hours, I was a fucking wreck in this place. Yeah. Seven different doctors talked to me and I'm like, look, y'all want to find the root cause and the problem. And you said you're getting to the bottom of it. Nobody's took a fucking note yet. So you want you want to help me out? How about somebody takes a note? How about somebody walks out with me behind this desk, gets my cell phone out? Get a fucking adult in here. Have them call. So they finally did. My stepdad's like, uh, "Yeah, he drove himself up there." Like, what do you what do you mean? Like, what about his time in the Persian Gulf? I'm like, I don't know where the hell that came from. I was in like 91 when Desert Storm kicked, or uh, I was I was like seven in 91 when Desert Storm kicked off or some shit. Yeah. How the how the hell did that affect me? It's so they end up so making old. No shit, right? I wonder I wonder what that's from. Stress, kids, <laughs> firefights, life. Suck the life right out of you, man. Yeah, That's so my terrible, ass got locked, locked up. And uh, finally, they make some phone calls. And my stepdad's like, look, hey, this kid's been through a lot of stuff. If you talk to him for a minute, you're going to realize he's probably the most normal fucking one out of all of us. Uh, just he drove himself there for help. And I don't know what's going on, but maybe you should just talk to him. Yeah. So they argued with him about me getting drove up there by him with my truck keys there in a bag and my cell phone. Hey, here, walk out in the parking lot with the keys that are in there and hit the panic button. What but, was the so response to all that? I didn't get a fuck you, a thank you, nothing. The little di- the little nurse behind the counter. Uh, she was super sweet. She was like, honey, look, I can't do anything right now. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. Like, I understand how you guys work. Um, hang in there. Do what you're doing right now. Just keep your demeanor. You're doing fine. And then when I went to leave, I was like, can I hug you? And she's like, this little black girl, she's going to say, yeah, sugar, you can hug me. She comes around the corner. I gave her a big hug. Like, you know, I'm like, thank you, ma'am. Uh, I appreciate you out of everybody here at least like taking the time to talk to me and hell her demeanor and everything was way better than the doctors oh yeah they don't have that bedside manners man they no. they're, they're business um you know especially when you have the experience like nurses have those that 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 people experience they're the ones who are always dealing with the people and i guess they're still trying to teach doctors like you need to have a bedside manner you need to talk to these people get involved with them understand what's going on I've seen it a little bit more and more now uh, mm-hmm. with some of the doctors. You you touched on some of these um, these organizations that are out there. You know, I, I've come across quite a few myself. Uh, Tackle Twenty Two Fishing is one of my most favorite. Eddie, he's down in Georgia. Um, one that I hold near and dear to my heart is the um, the uh, the Headstrong Project. They're yep. uh, they're based out of New York. They're a non for profit that get. Um, veterans the mental health they need they also get the veterans family so their spouses their significant others their children the counseling 
to help them understand better what the veteran is dealing with. You know, you got what was they that? were trying to go nation. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut there. Uh, they were trying to go nationwide. I believe I heard on one of your other things and they yeah. are affiliated with the VA. So it yes. counts. OK, there you go. Yeah. So they that goes towards the VA. So when I uh, I am a recipient of uh, the Headstrong Project and you know proud of it. They so if I go to make my disability claim through the VA, all of my uh, mental health professionals notes goes over to the VA, in which that goes towards my disability. It's been pretty awesome. Uh, the person that I see, she's amazing. She's uh, very understanding. She's uh, uh, used to be Chicago Police Department, so that's been great. So she's had her own experiences. She doesn't know. She doesn't pretend like she understands everything that I'm saying, yeah. but it's it's an easier transition to be able to talk to her on a regular. So yeah, that's been great. I'm sorry that you've had that type of that that's nothing that anybody should have to deal with, uh, especially somebody who served their country, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to I, by no means am I trying to you know give the VA hell or anything like that. I just I I don't I've came to the point where I'm not really messing with it a whole lot, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't go out there and try. By no means, some are better than mm -hmm. others. So. If you're one of these people who's like, oh, I'm a badass, I'm tough, cool, man. Like, you know what? You got to take care of yourself. Nobody else is going to take care of your shit. You yeah. got to take care of it. And, and just because I haven't been on this podcast, like really letting it go and being like, you know what? Uh, drop bodies and like, you know, talking about loading up parts of people and throwing them on a fucking helicopter and shit. And, uh, running down the street lobbing grenades at a motherfucker with a pkm firing at me you know, got it i'm not that cool i haven't been through a whole whole lot of stuff i've been through enough so if you're one of these people it's like oh you're not tough enough you know fuck it but i'm not tough enough yeah fuck it i'm not tough enough you're gonna self-destruct you hadn't hit it yet it took me 10 years to slow down and then start self-destructing so what did i do i went to try to get some help you know, fuck that up too. I had some other stuff happen uh, that was kind of eye-opening before I went up there. Uh, I couldn't even do that right. We'll just leave it at that. Leave it open to the imagination. So I started working out. Like keep like working out, giving myself a purpose. Little things that I could control. You know what? Hey, good. That's something I can control. I'm going to work out each day. I'm going to have a sense of accomplishment for that. And I'm going to start from there. Do I know what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Fuck no. I got two little kids that depend on me and I love them to death. So what I'm going to do is keep my shit together to, to strive. Uh, before I have, I have an awesome girlfriend as well. Now she works for the VA. <laughs> Don't know how that happened, but uh, she's a great woman. She has three kids. So together we got a family, you know, like five kids that depend on us, look at us and, you know, I, I'm, I've got to keep my stuff together, not just for me, but for them. Yeah, that, that's important. They're going to look to you, man. And that's one of the other biggest uh, downfalls for me. I got three kids uh, that I know of uh, 19 years with the Navy. So you never know it. Knowing to, to hold your stuff together. So I got a seven year old. She's seven going on. Twenty eight tells me what to do all the time. I got four year old twin boys. Uh, one is severe and profound special needs, uh, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, a whole lot of other issues. Uh, my other little dude, Charlie, is my mini me. He's he is ADHD, and I guarantee you that I was the inventor of ADHD. Yeah, um, yeah. they drive me absolutely nuts and up a wall. But it's like 
what what is it that is driving you nuts and up a wall? It's them being four and being seven and doing what children do. And it's trying to control your reaction to the things that are happening to you in life and not allowing things that are happening at work, things that are happening outside of the household get to you. And remember leaving that at the front door and doing your best to, to determine what it is. So, so not only do you have shit that happens to you, like from the past where you're in that mindset of I could get blown up or something crazy, you have work, which is standard, like, you know, across the board, everybody has work, they have bills to pay and stuff like that. So I can, people can relate on some of that stuff. You're, you're, when children have something wrong or have a problem, like, man, that hurts. Like, I want to be able to take that from them. So you've got that compiling onto stuff as well. Yeah. And I mean, You've got shit compiling up on compiling on compiling where I'm like, hey, I've got this stuff piled up. You have even more stuff on top of it, and you're trying to reach out to other people and help them unask their shit. Yeah. And that's the only reason I'm TikToking. I could give a shit less about it. Like yeah, after after a little while, it start I start getting emails and like well, messages or whatever. And they're like, hey, this is helping me. Holy shit, I appreciate it. Like, uh, you know, I bet I don't know these people. Why am I doing it? Like, it helps me relate to some of them. It helps them relate to stop like some of this madness going on. If you haven't served, yeah. And, and, And if you haven't served and you've got some kind of life thing going on, if I can give you a break from fucking reality for a minute and get a laugh about, Taliban mice or something else, <laughs> you know, like, hey, cool, stop in, like, feel welcome. Like, it, it's kind of a crude platform. It's probably going to get shut down because I'm a little rough around the edges. But while it's still going, like, hey, hey, stop in, try to get a laugh. If you think like some shit's fucked up, then, you know, like, maybe somebody else has some stuff. Maybe you might read a comment about something crazy and it's like, whoa, what? Have fun with it. One of the big things, though, man, that I want you to make sure that you're doing is if you're not 100 percent, you can't take care of other people either. You got to make sure that you're good on on these things. So those veterans that are out there that are like, you know what, I'll keep putting my life on hold, which is what we would do when we deployed. We put our actual lives on hold. Everything just kind of freezes up and we do whatever the military needs us to do. It's not like that anymore. You got to make sure that you're 100 percent. You got to make sure you're taking care of you, whether it's your your mental health, your your physical health. Um, as my, one of my great professors would always tell me, um, uh, Dr. Wolf, he, uh, he was one of my guys that I talked to on here as well. He was counter Intel for the army. Uh, he said, you got to take care of that soul. And that's, that's all of it encompassed, you know, your, your mind, your, your body, your, your, your everything, you know, um, give yourself that purpose. And what does the admiral say? You know, every morning, make your bed, you've accomplished something. As long as you've made your bed every morning, you have some type of self, uh, self, con- uh, that accomplishment. So, um, well, you gotta be yeah. reminded of that though. Like you gotta be reminded like, Hey, you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to do some stuff for yourself because that's another one of those mindsets you get out with. You're looking out for a hole. I had a squad or I had a platoon, like when we got back for a little while or whatever else you're looking out for all these other people. And that's part of a programming thing, too, that you don't want to take the time for yourself. I haven't got it figured out. I haven't got it licked. You know what I'm saying? By no means. I'm not right. I'm not, you know, I'm trying like hell. But it's finding that balance between 
getting your shit done for yourself, making maybe like a little list of like, hey, I accomplished this today, I accomplished this today, this was something I, I need to work on, whatever. You got you got to do that stuff for yourself, and you don't want to be selfish about it, but who's going to do it for you? Yeah, sometimes you got to be. Nobody advocates for you like you will advocate for yourself. It's like owning your own business. Nobody gives a shit about your business except no. for you. You want to make the money. If you want your life to be good, you got to make sure that you are taking care of your mental health. If you need to just take a quick pause, get off of social media, go out for you know the, the wilderness, get away from the cities. Or if you if you prefer to drown yourself out on a beach, that I mean, that's fine. Go hang out on the beach catch some sun, you know, relax yeah. or get out of, get away from, uh, as, uh, another guy, Moxie, uh, he's on here as well. He's prior Marine. Never go upstairs alone. Never go into your head alone. If mm -hmm. you need to just vent, find a vet, find a, a counselor, find somebody that you can vent to that will understand where you're at. It helps to get that pressure off your chest. Um, and closing it up here. Uh, if you had to say something to the veterans, that are out there, you know, the, the, even the military members that are going to be getting out about assimilating back into the civilian world, those guys who are struggling in silence that, you know, are, are on that cusp of becoming part of that 22, you have, this is your one shot to talk to them. What would you tell them? I've been there. I stuck a bag over my head at one point in time and went for it and, uh, it didn't work. So don't do it. You have all kinds of stuff that you don't realize how it's going to affect and live. Get some help. Reach out there. If you fail, try again. If you fail after that, try again. Stay calm. Don't panic. Don't get in your head. Don't just power drink. Granted, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I've had a few beverages now. I didn't drink for eight years. I'm going to work out after this. Find something productive. It's hard as hell to find anything productive that you enjoy, that you just lose interest. It happens. Got it. Talk to some people. Start start small. And don't expect shit to change overnight. But hang in there because go ahead and get kicked while you're down. Once you start climbing that mountain, look out. Like better times are coming. They know it's coming. Holding on to those better times is holding on and keeping sight of that is the hardest thing. That's beautiful, man. I appreciate you coming on, man, and talking with us about your stories. All right. Well, hey, take care. Thank you for having me. Uh, I had a whole bunch of funnies and stuff to toss out there. Kind of didn't do any of that, but anyway. It's all good, man. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we'll have to do a recap. So what we're, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to shut it down here, man. Again, thank you for coming aboard. Join us again. Uh, article 15 and it's always on friday dropping on fridays man uh, if you guys know a veteran uh who's who's had some troubles or wants to talk to somebody wants to come on board i welcome all veterans whether they made it to iraq afghanistan if they just went to yokusko japan if they you know just got shout out to dubai or wherever they wound up if they're needing to talk to somebody let them know about article 15 podcast or veterans drinking vodka for any of those who have served and want to talk about their great times in the military, quote unquote, great times. Yeah. Thanks again, brother. We'll be talking.